Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual, talking with shadows. The conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Waitley. And Marcus D. And I'm already ready to get into some alcohol for this, man. It has been a long weekend for the two of us. I am all about just breaking into the beer. Oh my gosh, guys. Today, we are drinking Lemon Lime Flamingo Fruit Fight. So... It is a goose-style ale brewed with lemon, lime, sea salt, and coriander. Yeah, this so, is pretty good. I like uh, this. All right. It's not a, a like a hit-it-out-of-the-park sort of thing, but this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm. What's your thoughts? No, I like it, man. I figure that, well, I, I mean, I like generally, like, you know, fruity-type drinks, and, a, you know, and I, I like, you know, pale ales-type stuff, so I thought this would be good. You know, we're not, not getting too adventurous today <laughs> out there, you know. So, so what was your weekend? Well, I had to work on Saturday, man. We had one of our, our walks for the nonprofit that I that I that I work for. So I had to be I had I had to be out there doing that like all Saturday. I thought I was gonna get like half of the day off Friday, like or maybe like half of the day off the day. That didn't happen. So like I've been just been working all Saturday, then Sunday I was just catching up for today. So I was at Comic Con all Yeah, yours was way was more really interesting cool. than mine because you suck. It was really to fun. Go. I cosplayed as Seuss from Gravity Falls, oh. and it was awesome. First time ever cosplaying. Ellie does it a lot, just but this le- was—it was really fun. Just leaving me here in Evansville, Indiana, while you up to went up to Indianapolis to play. Dude, I would have loved for you for you to. Have I been know. Able I would have loved to too. I've cosplayed before. I think the very first cosplay that I ever did was the Punisher. I want to say when I went to EvilCon the first time. Did you just put here. on a Punisher shirt though? No, I had the black jacket, a hole. <laughs> <laughs> like I had, I spray painted a gun for it. You know, no, I had black pants and boots, man. I went all out for it, man. I was just very wanted to make sure because no, I could man. see you just wearing the Punisher T-shirt. No and man, I was uh, no, no. I was a very uh, John Benethal style Punisher man with the, that not like early style with more blue, just straight like just black and white, just heavy trench coat. It was it was it was pretty good. I'm a big fan of tea turtle shirts. So is Marcus. Just saying oh, that I, I really like. I'm actually and, wearing one of their tea turtle. <laughs> I'm actually wearing a tea turtle shirt right now. I am not. But one of the things I did not know is at conventions they they have T-shirts yeah. exclusive to conventions, and I bought a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, half of the t-shirts that I own are all T-Turtle shirts. Oh, yeah, me too. We'll put the link for them below. And as I always tell everybody, when you guys go to this website, it is going to change your life. It will. Just the stuff that you can find on there. You know, you're welcome. They have really good sales. Also, we should probably throw out the fact that we're not sponsored by T-Turtle. I've been trying to like them. Although, that's probably the the first time I've I've been trying to get sponsored by them for years through either (laughs) stand-up comedy or this, man. I've sent them several messages. They just more or less just give me hearts and thumbs up and go, keep going. You keep doing it, man. (laughs) Keep doing it for free. (laughs) We probably will because they make a good product. I mean, they do. Okay, let's get into comments. Let's get into comments, man, before we get into some paranormal news. Man, we apologize, though, man. I know this episode's been a little, little late, but we're, we're going to give you a good episode today. I don't yeah, care. It's been a pretty chaotic schedule lately. Absolutely. If you didn't catch our, our last episode, we kicked off our, our month-long talk where we're talking about Missing 411, the mysterious disappearances of people in national parks in the woods. This has been a long-time requested topic, and we're finally getting to do it now. 
So, Sky C says, I would love to hear more about Shrine Towns. Looking forward to more specifics for Missing 411. You know, that's the mm-hmm. second of that within this week that we've gotten where people have complimented our Shrine Towns. I would like to revisit that. It, it, but I think I said that last episode. We too, may, like, man. It right, would be cool. Right now in our Patreon, right now, it's a it's a two it's a two way tie between ghost towns and time and space anomalies. Oh, and we can definitely kind of meld shrine. Yes, that. that absolutely, man. Because a lot of these topics are pretty vague, so I mean, we can open that up a little bit. Um, Kyle Evans, uh, patron says, "Hey guys, I'm up in Nova Scotia. I've had quite a few experiences here, and there's a lot of interesting cryptids in the Minky." I'm, I know I mispronounced that. Stories from the area. I mean, I think Wait, that you... Are you sure we haven't already gone over these topics? Yeah. Okay, because I could have sworn like there we we had t- talked about both of those. No. I'm oh. lo- are you maybe parent or I was looking. Sorry, sorry. Go, go, ahead, go ahead. No. No, I, I think that's the indigenous population that's up there by Nova Scotia, if I am, if I am not mistaken. The meme K, I think is what they say. Um, And I think anytime... Indigenous stories or uh, people stories are definitely oh yeah very cool very cool to and, and when you and when you go into it you actually start seeing a really lot of really interesting parallels between even other cultures that had like no contact I would say with like oh, yeah. indigenous people in North America that that talk about similar paranormal phenomenon like in Europe like I've always believed that these are just different people describing the same phenomena but yeah. with different oral traditions and different names for them yeah like we ran into that whenever we did the stuff on giants and we, and we were talking about indigenous people here uh in north america that talked about seeing one of these giant red-headed you know people <laughs> similar to what you were seeing uh in europe and in asia creepy california super duper fan said god how i wish i could go camping right now been collecting camp gear slowly but the fear of disappearing or running afoul of a large animal or crazy person is a big <laughs> factor and the people i want to go with don't have a similar schedule to do so i would say i feel your pain man but if i ended up in the woods i'd probably die oh you'd be fine if you're with me i i, I, I would we went over this die. in the last episode that you fit like all of the criteria for the person that would go missing yeah it, but i've spent a lot of time in the woods often by myself yeah you're an experienced bow hunter <laughs> with a disability that's probably going to keep us near water yeah of course yeah yeah okay you're gonna go <laughs> missing and then i'm gonna end up dead also, harvesting berries is a common thing I like to do. No, but but it's but it's not me. Like I'm not gonna die. Like I'm not gonna eat my predator. I'm probably just gonna wander to the woods looking for like Seven Eleven or stuff that are like holding my, my phone up in there. Like I'm gonna get Wi-Fi signal at some point. And he was never seen See again. again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, XPZER0X says, I've always been interested in hearing how park rangers know a bit more about it or have been told to watch out for certain things. Makes me wonder about other positions where things like this are known uh, but are kind of kept hush. Oh, I'm sure that there's a lot of different groups that have these internal rules Absolutely. along those lines. Like when we worked in the mental health facility and mm-hmm. you see accounts of people talking about possession stories and then you get several people within the medical, like even the psych community, that would be like, you know, I'm not really supposed to say we've been possession. Season pretty Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah mo- most of the psych nurses would be like, I, mean, I don't really believe in, some of this, uh, in all this stuff, but I've met some people that I really thought were possessed. Yeah, that, that make me kind of make me kind of wonder. Absolutely. I am feel says, yo, I love how you read my last comment. Sounded like an actual fight. Smith. Sheep Squatch versus Octa Squatch. Royal Rumble 2021. Uh, and great work on the vids. Thank you so much, Phil. We appreciate that. 
Uh, Laughing Fox, one of our best friends, said, uh, you let me know when you're planning on taking us Mark. I'm not reading this comment. Read it. <laughs> read it. I'm not reading this comment. Read the comment. Says, you let me know when you're planning on taking a certain person, I'm not naming names, it's not it's important, you. It's you. to the woods, and I help you drag him. The council has decided he needs to touch grass. <laughs> I'm... All right, look. I, I knew I knew Laughing Fox would come I've, through for I've me. I've got a doctor's note that says that I'm allergic to to grass, pollen, mold, fresh air, mushrooms, fresh sun. air. Actually, anywhere without Wi-Fi, I've got like uh, I've got a doctor's note that says it's bad for me. Uh, oh, I skipped that. Uh, let's do one more. Um, uh, here we go. I got I got this one. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh, first name, last name. So that's hmm, old guy up in the tree might have been a mountain lion because they've been known to do that there with their kills. I'm not sure that might be misremembering. Edit, they do indeed do that, so it might be the answer of how the cane got up in the tree, or I don't know, maybe an eagle or some sort of went, ooh, stick for the nest and just dropped it up in there. I could totally see the eagle thing. Um, none of the guy's remains, torn clothes, or anything like that was near the tree. And, like, there wasn't any signs of a struggle or prince or any signs of predation. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking... No, on the mountain lion. Besides, I want to say that this was a coniferous tree, if I recall the story correctly. And I, I don't think that they would drag something up into into a coniferous tree because, like, what are you going to do with it once you get up there? <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, stuff in the paranormal news, man. There's been a lot of stuff going on with the paranormal news recently. Uh, fun fact, you know, we all... Uh, if. if we all know that COVID has been very difficult in many of the world's economies, and a lot of people have lost their jobs uh, because of it. And apparently now we have hit uh, critical mass, uh, and it's time to be serious. As uh, I just read a news article today uh, that said the official wizard of New Zealand was fired by the city council after almost 20 years. Wait, what? Yep. <laughs> I like how you were like looking away. You're like, like, wait, official Wizard of New Zealand. What well, I was now? looking away because I got the burps real bad for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be polite. Uh, apparently, for more than two two decades, the New Zealand city of Christ uh, Christchurch has annually paid thousands of dollars, like, uh, to Ian Brackmary Channel, officially known as the Wizard of New Zealand. Uh, the other uh, apparently like, this, is this like a court wizard sort court, of thing. Court wizard. They've been paying him for over twenty three years for acts of wizardry and other <laughs> wizard like services. I wish I was making this up, guys. I'm not. Uh, they sent him a letter saying that the, uh, according to USA Today, the they uh, the city council sent him a letter that said the council is grateful for the valuable and special contribu- contribution the wizard <laughs> made to our cultural life, and he will forever be a part of our history. Uh, I can you imagine like going to like the unemployment line and then being like, "What was your previous occupation?" I'm like, uh, I, was a, "I was, I was, I was a wizard man, but not the racist kind, <laughs> like the official like uh, like Gandalf from like Lord of the Rings." So wizard, wizard kind. what what level? Like you know, like do you do you know Fireball? I'm like no, uh, like I I know like uh, like uh, uplifting, like uh, I can make I can make you feel better. I can give you a like, bonus. I, I want to know the story behind this. Like, was he ex- actually expected to practice magic, or is this like the guy here in Evansville who like hangs out downtown and waves the flag, and everyone loves that that guy? So the city just bought him a apartment because he's homeless. I mean, there's a photograph of him with uh, like with Ian McConnell, and he's like got like his wizard hat and like a cane staff that's next to him. I assume that his whole responsibility is keeping ball rocks from invading. Probably trying to drive out the cane toads with magic. <laughs> oh man. They tried everything else, it's just not working. No, probably I had to call the wizard. Probably what happened is he went to a bunch of schools and then the rest of the kids just said, I'm not gonna do math or English anymore. I'm gonna go up to be a wizard. <laughs> 
And then it's like, it's like, it's like, Mr. Wizard is like, if I want to grow up to a wizard, what do I got to do? Well, first kid, you got to smoke a lot of drugs. <laughs> it's like, I'm sure that'll, that'll do it. Uh, another fun fact in the recently happened, Demi Lovato made the news recently. Uh, Demi Lovato came out and said that she thinks the term aliens is derogatory to extraterrestrials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's true. She's believing generally that the term alien in general is derogatory and thinks that we should be referring to them as ETs. Mm-hmm. I, sure, well, whatever. But who's this person? Demi Lo, do, you don't know Demi Lovato. I don't know who Demi Lovato any- is a national treasure, sir. She is a, she's one of the best singers that we have. I don't know who anyone is. What does she sing? Demi Lovato. You don't know what Demi Lovato sings? No, I don't know who this is. Like, <laughs> I made that very clear. Oh, my God, dude. I am a shut-in. I don't I know. know what's going with on. How much that, with how much you love Kesha? Oh, yeah, I like Kesha. Yeah, she sings Heart Attack, Confident. Nope. Sorry, not sorry. Nope. Do you even do you even music, bro? I do, but I usually search specific artists. Like That's I like true. Kesha because she, she's absolutely freaking nuts, <laughs> and her songs are just so weird. I mean, it's not like I'm any better. The, my entire iTunes playlist is nothing but like Hobbit drinking songs and dwarven like dwarven songs of vengeance. Oh yeah, there's a lot of those <laughs> on mine too. Good times being a nerd. That's that's true. Uh, and recently, actually, they found out that uh, a cold case team said that they've identified the Zodiac Killer. Oh, I know they translated one of his letters somewhere yes, recently. Yes, yes. Actually, yeah, it was a team of specialists to investigate cold cases. Uh, recently, it was a, uh, they're called the Case Breakers, a team of four, uh, more than 40 former law enforcement investigators, journalists, and military intelligence officers. Uh, and they worked on a lot of other stuff in the past, believe that they have identified the killer. And I had the guy's name there. He uh, Gary Francis Poste, P-O-S-T-E, uh, because they say when, like, when you know his full name and then you put it in there, you can actually end up like deciphering some of the, the, the codes that he sent in, and some of the his DNA has been linked to a couple of the crimes. Like, I'm not a big serial killer guy, but is this one of the, well, isn't this one of the guys that the, like a lot of people had already been thinking was probably him? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was one of, he was one of the, he was one of the top guys, but thankfully for us, he was, he died in 2018. Well, actually, he probably went in the path. Actually, that's one of those since he never got caught. We got lucky. He just decided to go, eh, I'm tired of killing people. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think moral of the story is I don't think it's probably wise to hang out with with any guy that's that into astrology. Probably probably <laughs> and, not. And into, you know. No, I don't know. I'm going to be that back. And into writing most, codes. I think most astrology guys and most cypher guys are okay. I've never met someone into both. Maybe they're weird. Yeah. If you're both into, like, creating, like, cyphers, guns, and super into astrology, probably oh. some red flags. Probably you should not be uh, be around that okay. person. Before we get into our meat and potatoes, I got to tell you something. Mm. You knew that mine and Ellie's anniversary was this month, right? Yes. Okay. What she got me was a cryptex. And are you familiar with those? The cryptex. That's like the with the little symbols that you. Get. No, no, that's the that's like the cylinder thing. Yeah, that it's you the cylinder and it has it. all yeah. those letters and stuff. Yeah, from like the Da Vinci Code. I know what you get. Okay. I haven't seen the Da Vinci Code, so probably. She gave me one of those and a, a, a note with six riddles on them. Uh-huh. And each riddle went to one of the uh, one of the letters. And it took it took me a whole forty five minutes to do it. But <laughs> that's because I'm really into riddles. Like she told me, she was it very took me a whole forty five minutes to crack. Well, she told me she was afraid that I was just going to read each one and know the answer and just have them done. So she right. she went really obscure with finding her finding the answers to them and stuff. But it did take me forty five minutes, which is a pretty good that's, like challenge for me. I'm fair. usually pretty good at this. It took job. Tom Hanks to crack uh, his in two hours for that movie, <laughs> so I would find that's that's kind of impressive to be able to crack. Well, fifteen minutes was just me having the problem of I thought 
all the riddles had the same answer, and the answer would be a six-letter word because there were six of them. Mm-hmm. But no, so the first 15 minutes was that, and then after I figured out how it actually ah. worked, it took me 30 minutes. But inside the crypt text was this really awesome love letter. It was about the coolest Aww. thing I've ever heard, I've ever seen. That's happen. awesome, man. That's awesome. You know, I, I, you, I'm really honestly, you're lucky that you didn't just crack it and all of it, and it just said "luck behind you." And then Ellie has a knife. knife. <laughs> she's about to, she's about to take you out. I, I could definitely see this as being a real possibility. Or I could actually see her just saying something like, "I poisoned you an hour ago." Um, <laughs> you have 16 minutes left in the antidotes in the crypt text. <laughs> Happy anniversary. I could also see that like, be a very real thing. That'll teach you not to take the trash out. <laughs> All right, man. Let's let's dive into our uh, let's dive into the episode for today, man. We're co- we're continuing our talk on missing four and one, mysterious disappearances in the woods, strange stuff like that. Okay, I have one I want to talk about. Yeah, you dive into one. September 22nd, uh, 2012. Are you familiar with Linda Ortega? Why does this name sound familiar to me? It's a somewhat famous missing 411 case. But if you know her from something else, I don't know what it would be. Mm -hmm. But okay. She's 53 years old, and she decides to go hiking with her brother, Eddie Huff. So they're going to go hiking, and they're going to go looking for this fishing hole. Mm Mm-hmm. So they start kind of heading that direction, and then no one sees them for a long time. I think about a day goes by, mm-hmm. and they've just disappeared. No one really knows where they are, but they haven't really bought, brought police in or anything yet. Then Eddie reappears. He pulls he pulls back up at the family house, and he's just acting like everything's okay. Um, they start be, being like, hey, what's happening? What What's going on? We haven't seen you in a long time. You guys just disappeared. Um, where's Linda? Is she okay? What, what's going on? He's like, oh, no, no, everything's okay. I, d- I don't know why you're all worried. I wasn't gone that long. Everything's okay. I just dropped Linda off at our other family member's house. So everything's all right. Pay no, just, att- pay no attention to this blood that I'm washing off my hands, probably. And they're just like, that doesn't really make sense. You were gone for a <laughs> long time. You just, you, both of you guys just straight up disappeared. So they start pushing him on details. Like, hey, exactly where did you go? How long were you there? What were you doing while you're there? And he's starting to realize he doesn't know the answer to any of these questions. Oh, yeah. And all he knows is that he dropped her off at that house. But he doesn't remember doing this. He just knows that he has done it. And he starts to realize something's really wrong because his memory is clearly messed up. And so what they do is they call the house that he supposedly dropped Linda off at, and she's not there. They haven't seen Eddie. They haven't seen Linda. They have no clue why they would e- he would even say that they were there, and boom, the mystery begins. Like he's been, it sounds like he's been hypnotized. It kind of does, but it gets weirder because we do get Linda's story. She eventually makes it out. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, Linda remembers like her memory is also very fuzzy, much like Eddie's a sever. She can remember a bit more of what happened. She remembers they were going off looking for this um, this fishing hole, and it shouldn't have been very hard to find. How long? Sorry, was, how long was she missing? For, how long was she missing for? Uh, I'd have to see if I can find it, but I think it was three days altogether. Three days just magically popped. Don't, don't back quote up. me oh, on fine. that, but I think it was three days. But okay, any other questions? No, 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 no. That was clutch. I was curious how long she had been missing for. But okay, so they start searching for, her and she's eventually found. But the story that she comes back with is very odd. She doesn't really know how they got lost because it's really a situation. She didn't, they didn't know exactly where they were going, but they knew very general, and they weren't planning on just wandering into the woods. 
They just both remember that at some point they became lost. Okay. And she remembers sleeping on the grass and things like that. But it's all in this very blurry sort of thing. But she remembers that at one point she wakes up and she's alone. And she just takes off running kind of in a panic because for some reason she thinks something's happened to Eddie. Something's happened to Eddie. He's in trouble. I have to find them. And she takes off running. And she makes it to a trail. And when she looks down the trail, she can see like a group of about six people just way up the trail. So and what are you going to do in that situation? That's right, you know, headed down the trail. Yeah, you, you yeah. go and try to, yeah. try to find them, get some help. So she starts waving her hands, yelling at them, trying to draw their attention. And at first it seems like they don't really hear her. So she keeps trying to get closer and closer. And then eventually they start to kind of look around. Mm-hmm. But she says they're looking in her direction, but they don't seem to see her. So she tries to get closer and closer. I think she's about 100 feet or maybe 100 yards from them at this point. And they seem to see her, but then they react in a way that she doesn't understand. They get behind boulders, they get behind trees and hide. And she's yelling at them to come out and stuff, and she sees them just peeking out behind these things or hiding behind watching her. And at that point, she's just like, okay, I don't know what's happening here. But something's seriously wrong. Like I'm lost in the woods. They're peeking out the, the rocks behind me. Like, I mean, just imagine that. You've been lost in the woods. You're confused. You, tr- you see a group of travelers. You finally feel like you have some hope now. And you run up to them, and then they all hide. But they're not, like, oh. fully hiding from you. They're still watching you. You know, what, you know what it reminds me of? It, remembers, it reminds me of, uh, um, of uh, Black Mirror and that episode of White Bear, where it was the girl that it was the girl that was, like, she woke up, didn't know why she was there. Running through the town, these people chasing her, and oh, the council yeah, just staring at her, and they won't help her, and she's pleading with them, and she doesn't know why, and they're just staring at her the entire time. Eventually, she finds out that she's like been incarcerated for like helping someone to like murder some people. She just didn't know, yeah, but she's just been programmed to see. But like, that's gonna be like just so disturbing. Like, I get kind of this shadow person vibe from it, mm-hmm. where you know how they're commonly seen like peeking through, peeking out behind trees, or oh, peeking yeah. out uh, through doorways and things like that. Or it's got like a fave vibe to it. Yeah, I can see that they're too. They're peeking out from they're peeking out from boulders. Does she complain of any physical discomfort or anything when she woke up? Do you no, know, no. And she was taken to the hospital and checked out, and she was in surprisingly good condition, like better condition than she should have been for how long she was gone. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was one of those like oddly remarkable things. And you see this in a lot in a lot of missing four one one stories where they're they're not as bad as they should be from being out in the elements for that long. Right. And she's not she's not real old, but she's like in her fifties. Right. Well, I mean, this, this plays a lot like in the in the last episode that we we, we did like an introductory thing to to missing four hundred one though. A lot of the stories I think that that we brought up, or a lot of the stories that, especially in the two documentaries, um, that David Pilatus puts out, are involved with people that are either dead or they just remain missing and they're never found. So mm-hmm. it's kind of really hard to speculate as to what happened. So, you know, and I remember that we were kind of going back and forth a little bit on our thoughts of like, what, like what may be causing this. And it's hard. And it makes me kind of think that maybe the only way that we can ever really kind of like get to the bottom of it is from the people that come back from, oh, yeah. from, from disappearing in the woods. Yeah. I actually did a lot of studies on the people who came back. Oh this yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did too. really wanted to talk about. Oh, no, 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 no. I did. Too. And then that's, and that's an example of one of them. So I'm glad that you brought that yeah. up because that was something that I really wanted to get into today was examples of people that have come back from disappearing in the woods. But before we go any for- further, there's more to Linda's story. Oh yeah. Keep going. Okay. So she takes off from those people and she kind of disappears back into the woods and she doesn't really know what happens, it's, but it seems like there's a jump of time between that event and the next event, where she just kind of wakes up lying on the grass in the woods, just surrounded by trees. And she starts to look around, and she sees something odd. 
kind of a little off from where her feet are laying, she sees a shadow person. Just mm-hmm. clear as day, standing there, shadow person. And she starts to freak out, but she says it doesn't seem like it realizes it can see that she can see her. There, it's just it hasn't really changed its movements or anything. And then she starts looking around. She realizes there's one over there. There's one over there. There's one over there. Mm-hmm. And she realizes they're everywhere. A lot of them are back in the trees. Some of them are up close, just standing around her, her, but just surrounding her in all directions, watching her. At that point, she panics. She starts looking around, and that's when it seems like they realize that she can see them. Because once that happens, they kind of take this tense position, and then they all sprint in different directions away from her. <laughs> they just take off in every direction they can, just fading back into the wilderness. They're like, she can see a scatter! Yeah, no, pretty. It, that's pretty much it. Like, yeah. just a woof, and they're gone. Because if there's one thing that, you know, a, a human's known to do, it's being able to, like, you know, hurt a shadow person. Oh, yeah. Which I, which I find. Who knows? Which I, mean, I find. No, I mean, I've, I've just, never I've gotten s- a hold of one. No, I mean, I've seen <laughs> I've seen that so many times in accounts of shadow people. They'll just take off running, even when you see them, even though there's, like, I I don't think I could really list off more than two stories of somebody ever claiming they've done direct harm to a shadow person. I mean, maybe they're I, really I, frail. That's what I'm saying, you know. Maybe they, maybe they don't know. They're like, oh, crap, they might hurt us. You know, they might discover that our secret weapon is Demi Lovato music or something like that. Maybe something like that. But after that, she gets rescued. She goes to the hospital. They find that she's not in that bad of shape as right. one would expect. And that's kind of where the story ends. Like, she's not really sure how to explain what happened to her. Her brother isn't sure how to explain what happened to him. Um, it doesn't seem like they had anything odd in their system. Nothing had occurred that should have caused this sort of event to occur. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those extremely peculiar accounts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of those definitely the, those rumors. I, I'm glad that we're talking more in this particular episode about people that have come back. And I think in our next episode that we're going to do, I think we're going to, we're going to talk, there's a couple more. And I know definitely when we bring, when we bring our special, when we bring our guest on later in the month, there's a few more incidents where people have been found. Oh, pass me another beer. Oh yeah. And it creates, and, it, and the stories are just so much better, you know, and there, and there's just so much more interesting. Like I, I remember from the very first episode, one of the things that I really wanted to do was I wanted to get into other researchers of the missing four one one topic, right? Like if you say missing four one one, everybody's big name David Politis. David Politis, that's who you're that's who you're gonna name. But there's other people that actually investigate the phenomena. One of those being a, a, a paranormal writer by the name of uh, Steph Young. Uh, she's young, she's fascinating. She's written ten books on people on mysterious disappearances in the woods. She's been on Coast to Coast, just like David Politis has, and she's done all sorts of work on people that have gone missing. You know what's interesting about her? Similar to David Politis, she stumbles upon the missing people in the woods and national park systems through investigating another type of phenomenon. Really? What was she investigating? She was investigating time slips and vortexes in her field of the paranormal. I think I've read some of her work yeah, on that. Yeah, and she and she's researching some of that, and she just kept coming upon stories from people that reported weird, strange disappear- disappearing in the woods. And she has a lot of accounts of people that have been going missing in the woods um, and coming back. And she does the, and I was, I was listening to, uh, to, to one of her excerpts from her book. And she's talking about stories from Russia that she was talking about. And she has all these stories from, from Russia and rural communities at in Russia and in Europe involving people running when they're in the woods or in rural communities disappearing and reappearing due to these encounters generally with invisible beings. And I thought there was one that was really particularly interesting 
that uh, there, there was one specifically that I thought that was really interesting. Uh, it was uh, 1722 in Samfeld, Germany. Um, there was a family that lived in this real rural, rural remote part of the, the part of Germany. And they kept a diary um, about their time whenever they were being plagued by this general poltergeist act- activity that was going on, the farmer. Um, and all the farmhands were reporting this activity that was going on. And it was the typical parent uh, poltergeisty type stuff, right? You see stuff levitating, people levitating, people reporting feeling strangled. You get hear loud bangs, all stuff like that. But one of the things that started happening a lot uh, that was witnessed by up to upwards of 20 people at times was the kids disappearing on the farm and then reappearing like either in other parts of the farm or way deep in the woods is whenever they would start reappearing after they disappeared in front of people. This sounds really familiar, but I'm having a hard time putting my finger on it, but there's something yeah. in Germanic folktales that's very similar yeah. to this. And it wasn't even just, it, it, it wasn't even just in that. And she encounters like another things like where she, there was another rural, like rural family, like way out in the weeds, like type of people that, you know, would live like way out in, like in these, like, <sighs> Like in the essential of this part, like what we would get like like put out as a park or like or like the heartland of these types of countries. Yeah. Uh, she had another encounter. It was a in 1928 in the Poon district of rural India. There was a doctor that lived out there, and uh, his nanny was writing to him, telling him that they were being plagued by these poltergeist demons that were invisible, these invisible entities that was making their children levitate and then disappear and then reappear, like shimmer back into existence. That, that makes a lot of sense for India because there's this uh, belief mm-hmm. that if you're walking in the, like, basically in a woodsy area by yourself, especially mm-hmm. at night, that you're very susceptible mm-hmm. to these attacks by these indiv- invisible spiritual yeah. entities. Eventually, and this leads up to her talking a lot about uh, rural Russia, like out, people that live, like, out in the woods in there. And they have these things that translate to, to like, devil spots. That are like literally, you'll be walking in the woods and you'll come up on something and it's an invisible barrier. Okay, let me pause you for a sec. Yeah, are you uh, familiar with David Politis's book, The Devils in the Details? Mm-mm. Okay, one of the things that he really drills home in that is that um, a lot of area, a lot of people who go mysteriously disappearing are also in areas that have uh, like devil in the name, like devil's cliffs, devil's yeah, hills, yeah. devil's anvil, and that those. They become named that way because pioneers would come through, mysterious things would happen, they would assume it's the devil, oh, yeah. and then that's how uh, these mysterious zones would gain those names. Oh, yeah, and this and this is something that's very popular in, in Russian folklore, um, especially for people that live in real rural communities, and that there's these devil spots, there's these invisible barriers that you'll just be walking up to, you'll walk, and you like it's almost like you can just place your hand on glass, like tempered glass like in front of you, and if you ever get across it in some sort of way, you get trapped and you won't come back. And often people that go missing or have, have had missing time phenomenon that will happen to them have reported saying that they crossed over these, like, devil spots, which are often near rivers and running water. Very similar to, like, what David Plyus okay, was talking first, about in his in our last episode. How do you cross into one of these devil spots if it's, like, glass and stuff? I think there's an assumption that, either you can get, that there's either gaps in them oh, okay. or you can get across them in, in other parts. But, like, you'll run into these, like, just barrier that there's these weird invisible barriers between our world or other dimensions or something like that. And that's what Steph Young talks a lot about is she generally believes that there's this, these interdimensional shifts 
that you will that'll that'll happen, and that's often what's causing some people and to can, either stuff coming over or people crossing and things like that. I can agree with her there because how many times have I talked about like these right. like doorway zones and things like yeah. that? Yeah, and so people are often again around water when they're by themselves out way deep in the woods will run into these, and people end up going missing around them, or they end up having these instances of missing time, and that's what it's blamed on. Interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I did not recognize the name when you told me, but now I am certain I have read some of her work on well, time slips. Yeah, well she 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 blames I mean I'm blamed, but she points to a lot of these encounters with people that go missing in national parks or was this generally for these very like tr- just translucent and invisible beings. You know, even David Politis does that. Like at the end of his hunters documentary, there's yep. even a there's a gl- I mean a, a flat out glimmer man, like shimmery person with glowing eyes encounter. At the end of that documentary. And there's just tons of other encounters that Steph Young has collected of people that have also encountered some of these sort of invisible beings, invisible entities that seem to, to plague people. And this, I think Glimmerman's slowly kind of becoming connected with the missing 411 yeah. phenomenon. Or it, it, it's not even necessarily that it's... And it's if you guys want to learn more about Glimmerman, sign up for Patreon. We did a whole episode on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, no, the Glimmerman episode's not out yet. Oh, it's not. I'm not. No, it's gonna be a case file. That's not out. Oh, yet. it's gonna be a case file. Yeah, that's oh. gonna be a case file. It's not the thing we yeah. did as a patron episode. No, 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 no. It's it's not out. No, that was the crawler that we oh, did. Oh, that's right. That's right. Lemmerman's almost done, but that's a good episode that people should watch whenever soon I soon to be it. a case file. Soon to be a case file. But she talks a lot about that because David Pilatus will lose these invisible entities, and a lot of her work on it talk about that. That's the problem that David Pilatus that that we had in our critique of him was he never really points to any sort of explanation yep. about anything. Steph Young kind of does that. Where she'll show a sort of point of, well, there's a lot of these people that run in, into these sort of invisible entities or almost completely invisible entities mm-hmm. way deep in the woods. Like, uh, I remember, oh, God, I was about, because, you know, I mean, people just run into that in the woods all the time. Like, I remember I was listening to something on um, uh, Strange strange Things, Strange strange Familiars, sorry. I was listening to an episode there, and they were talking about a hunter that saw, like, disembodied eyes. Like, how many times have hunters mm-hmm. or people in the woods see, like, just disembodied eyes floating out in the woods? Hell, I saw a swarm of disembodied yeah. eyes once. Like, this being this sort of phenomenon that's in the woods. You know, everything from just straight invisible entities all the way up to just some particular appendage that people I, can see. I'm also kind of wondering, could we, like, meld the um, the disembodied floating hairy hens in with this too. Oh, I'm so got, I've got stuff on that too. Oh, I've been yeah. willing to, I've, I've been willing to talk about that let's, for a while. Let's do that in the patron section. Okay. Let, okay. Yeah. 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 Cause I've got stuff, I've got stuff on that as well, but that's, some, but that's something that Steph really was getting at. She said, and like one of the things that, you know, you know, she was asking is, is what's maybe in the woods. There are these either there, there are these either vortexes, there's these dimensions, Maybe there's ley lines. Ley lines is another uh, explanation that she gives, and it 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 draws stuff to particularly two very rural places like national parks, deep woods, things like that 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 attracts these types of entities. And then that's maybe when they when they cross paths with people, that's what causes some of the disappearances uh, in missing four one one. Interesting idea. Does she give any um, theories on what she thinks it is? She thinks that it's something, some other type of, like other type of entity. I mean, it's like you'll always get the yeah, it could be this, could be that. And it kind of sounds this. a little bit like Faye. Yeah, yeah. I think there are times in which she does point, uh, point to those. I don't know because I mean, there was another example that she gave, like during um, 
like in, uh, I want to say it was in Russia as well. It was 2009. Yeah. Uh, in a village, uh, a woman, a Russian village of Noibi Boit. I'm woman, sure that is yeah. exactly how it's said. A woman by the name of Lydia <laughs> uh, Nikolaveli was picking mushrooms. And then she felt a stubbing sensation in her chest. Okay, this sounds really yeah. familiar. Yeah, and then the next thing that she knows, she's she next thing she knows, she's had a bunch of missing time, and she just wakes up to herself, just wandering through the woods, and she finds herself by a local church that's way far away than from when she started. Okay, let me break down this story for you real quick. Mm-hmm. This has all the telltale signs of a Western European fairy encounter, but for some reason, Russia. Yeah. She's messing with mushrooms and toadstools, which is often considered to be a domain or even a gateway zone to the Fae. Um, she feels the uh, pain in her chest, normally associated with pixie shot. Um, she is suddenly wandering aimlessly, being pixie-led. And then what breaks it, and this is a common thing in some of these stories, stumbling close to a church suddenly banishes the power that is currently overtaking mm-hmm. her, and she returns to normal. But I would not expect this story to be in Russia. Like, this is a sort of storytelling mechanic and motif that you would see in, like, England. Oh, yeah. Maybe in France, perhaps in Germany. But you would not expect to find this motif in Russia. Well, I mean, we've been talking a lot about how there, there's some very similar types of phenomenon that, go, that I mean, that that seem to cross cultural that seems to cross cultures. I mean, we talked about like this like poltergeist-esque activity is something that's described across multiple cult, you know, cultures across the world. Oh yeah, no, like I actually think that there's a real-world root to these stories. Right. And I think Steph, I mean, Steph Young alluded in in her cuz I listened to her interview on Coast to Coast. And she was talking about maybe the reason about why we see different entities like invisible entities, either maybe we see them it's just shimmering, we can't see them at all. Maybe we just see the eyes. Maybe we just see the hands or certain appendages or something like that. Is because different people can see on different wavelengths. Some people can 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 um, you know can hear better. Like you ever seen the the concept of infrasound? Yeah. You know, like some people can hear at pitches at different uh, at different wavelengths. Yeah. Uh, even John Kill talks about yeah. one of the only times he was in the field where he was legitimately terrified was a situation where he was exposed to infra- infrasound. Yeah, yeah. And and some people can hear these things and some people can't because some people are better attuned to it. And it could be the same thing with our eyes where some people are just more adept at seeing certain wavelengths or certain seeing certain frequencies. And that's why some people see different types of invisible entities differently. I mean, we alluded to that with tons of different types of but may I be a curmudgeon for but a moment? You're always a curmudgeon for but a I moment. Am, okay. I mean, to be fair, I'm a curmudgeon too. Go ahead. Go ahead. Be your Although cum- I be don't your... think that this is the case, going back to the story that we just discussed, yeah, a alternate form of explanation, she's gathering mushrooms, she inhales some bad spores, they knock her loopy, she ends up wandering, she hears the sound of a church bell, and then is suddenly pulled out of the stupor. I mean, you could be a curmudgeon about anybody with missing time, just like, generally saying they're having a manic episode. That's part of having missing time. I don't think that this is the answer, but I did want to address that as a critique. I mean, I, I think when you're when you're looking at the missing time phenomenon, I mean, you can make the argument that some people are having a manic episode, you know, because there are a lot of people that are very functioning, high-functioning manic people, and missing time and blackouts... It's pretty common. Yeah, but you should also be witnessing other forms of manic behavior. 
in most cases. True. I mean, you know, general grandiosity, yeah. But, I mean, how many people have you met that generally under the paranormal that are generally eccentric? How many people having a manic episode do not stand out as something is very odd here? Like, most people who are actually in the throes of a real manic episode, it's kind of clear. Oh, no, 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 it is. But there there are some people that will ride that, that manic episode for, for a very long time. I mean, true. I've met plenty of high-functioning manics. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's enough to, like, hospitalize anybody. And I'm not saying that's what I think that this is. Oh, no, we're just just, just, just talking about alternate possibilities I'm sorry. For what causes people's missing time phenomenon in the woods. Because, I mean, I I think that's something that probably should be brought up as a possibility for some people for possibly trying to explain the missing time phenomenon. I mean, if you, especially if you look at the United States, there's a massive growing rise in, like, a mental health crisis. There's a lot of people that, like, you know, that are often, I mean, how many people have we seen that have been on Medicaid or people that are bipolar that just went, ah, screw it, I'm not going to take my meds. Oh, and, tons, and I'm not tons. saying, and I, and I don't like to say that about people, I'm not saying that about people with any other explanations. But, I mean, but it is a, I mean, I, I've been to a lot of support groups for people that are living with bipolar disorder. And the concept of missing time is something that comes up very frequently that people will ask, especially new people or family members that are asking about it. Now, do I think, have I seen any evidence of any of these people that we've said today? Absolutely not. Yeah. So. And it's kind of harder to explain in cases where it happens to multiple yeah. people at a time. Yeah, 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 yeah. A- absolutely. And I think that, that that gives it more validity you know, especially when you're seeing you know multi, you know multiple witnesses to something like some, a lot of the a lot of the stories that I said, you know, like the the farm where the kids would go would vanish in front of twenty people and then would just disappear way out into the woods, you know, or, or a sh- clear across the side and of the farm. We see the same sort of stuff occur in missing four one one cases. Oh where, yeah, like there's one child walking in the middle of like fifteen kids, mm-hmm. and then suddenly they're not there. Yeah, and there was that toddler that disappeared that ended up on the other side of the Appalachian Mountains like yep. two days like two days later. You know, I think that these are the 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 missing time thing or the the the, the teleportation thing is something that I, I that I think that is I, I don't think it's talked enough about in the missing four one one phenomenon. And I'm not gonna lie, you know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I, I was I was very surprised that he in in David Politis's work that he does not bring more of those up. In some of his documentaries, yeah, in the documentaries, I feel it's kind of softballed, but he and, does and bring these up in the books. Yeah, and 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 and, and that's just, and that's something that I find that's that's odd, is that he in his in his documentaries that he does stuff that's about as forward facing as you're going to get when you do something like that. They are just very people vanishing under certain certain circumstances, even though there's some really weird stories. Did you come across the whole thing with Survivor Man? Mm-mm. I, I didn't really one? prep for this one, but since the conversation is going this way, I'm going to wing it from my memory. Oh, yeah, sure. There was a kid who disappeared and then was found, um, I think it was seven miles away. But the thing is, that's by the crow flies. It's much further going by any route that you would actually have to take. And at one point, uh, the guy who does Survivor, or Survivor, or Survivor Man tried to make the trek in the course of time that um, the kid was missing to prove that it's not possible. And he couldn't do it. He tried to move that much a distance in the amount of time that child was missing. And he's like, it's just flat not possible for a child to have done this. I'm an experienced outdoorsman, and I couldn't cover that distance in that amount of time. Oh, my God. Crows can fly up to 30 to 60 miles an hour? 
as the crow flies doesn't mean the speed of the crow. It I'm means s- that you're not having to go over <laughs> obstacles. I'm sorry. I had a- you're missing the raw or you're missing the point. <laughs> no, it's like David Politis said, the devil is in the details. So I was looking to Let's see. Go, how to, fa- I'm go just, to the I'm, pillow talk. Go to the pillow talk. I'm, I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so- I had to do that. Oh man. So what, so what are your final thoughts on, 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 on some of the stuff that we've talked about today? Oh, goodness. Something weird's happening. I think it has the ability to affect minds. I'm kind of leaning a fey angle, but at the same time, I don't think there's one answer to missing 411. I think it's that several different peculiar things have been herded off into the natu- our national parks as a place to receive rescue or refuge from the growing modern world mm-hmm. or perhaps intentionally relocated there. But I think, I think whatever it is, we probably should be figuring this out because it's causing a real world problem. I think that from, from what we've talked about today, I think that that shows that there should be more emphasis and more scrutiny on the stories involved when other people go missing and then they and then they reappear again as to their stories as to what happened. And I think more should be looked at in stories involving some of these invisible entities or these, you know, almost completely invisible entities, like some of these disembodied um, body parts. Uh, I think more I think more should be done to collect stories on that and, and look at stuff like that. And I think that if we do that, we might start being able to kind of narrow down. Maybe kind of a usual suspects, maybe. I think that's probably going to be one of the things that we're going to have to do in one of our episodes. We're going to have to do the usual suspects. I think it's going to be a few different things because, like I said, I don't think it's just one answer. Oh, no. Oh, no. At the end of the... At the end of the, at the but end I of think the, we can figure out some things we think are likely. No, at the end of the day, I mean, it's going to be that, you know, this this amount of area is so expansive that it's there's no way that it can be one thing. But... Let us know what you guys think in the comments below. Are there other types of invisible entity stories that, that you guys have heard? There, have there been other instances of people with missing time uh, disappearing and reappearing um, that you guys found that it was interesting? And there's, is there any other type of like disembodied body part story? That people have ran into in the woods that you guys I'm are familiar looking with. looking forward to getting into this yes. disembodied hairy hands thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got stuff for that too. Anything like that. Um, What's your guys' thoughts? Put that in the comments below. But until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. All right, guys, we're going to slide into the Pillow Talk segment of this podcast. Wait, before we go go any further, I have a correction. When I said pixie shot earlier, I meant elf shot. It basically means the same damn thing, but I used the wrong words. You deserve that. That's what you get. Womp womp. (laughs) If you want the rest of this awesome podcast and probably get to hear Vic say something else inaccurate, um, all you got to do is go over to our Patreon. In my defense, I'm usually pretty correct. That's okay. All you got to do is go over to our Patreon and sign up for as little as a dollar a month to get the rest of, the, of all of our podcasts, uh, as well as bonus content, that uh, that videos that we put up exclusively for our Patreons, uh, such as our crawler video that we did that's out there that's really cool. There's this whole video about a pale humanoid that crawls around on all fours uh, that's been seen across America. Um, and if you do a $2 or more, then you get to vote in our uh, poll where you get to vote on the theme for every month. Currently, our themes uh, are neck and neck between time and space anomalies and ghost towns. 
So if you want to be able to have a voice in what our Patreon content is or what our content is, just go over to our Patreon and sign up. All right. I'm a, how far am I into this beer? Man, I'm still sipping the same beer that we started. Some I'm started. almost done with my second. I mean, it's good. It is. It's very limey. Very I, limey I will say, I, is it making you super burpy, though? No. For some reason, it's made me super burpy. I'm just more of a man. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think not burping is a less manly nah, thing. I'm just able to hold my alcohol better. That's what it is. I don't I don't think that 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 doesn't track. You should uh, reach out to the uh, the wizard from New Zealand, the recently one that's been let go, because he, he probably cured them on a discount now. I'm pretty sure it will solve itself shortly. <laughs> All right. Um, I thought in this part of the podcast, we could get a little bit more into when we talked about uh, the floating hairy hands. That was something that uh, that I came across when I was listening to some of Steph Young's research and, and some of the stuff that she found. Apparently, that was a very popular thing, um, specifically around Dartmoor National Park in the UK. Yep. Um, people will be driving down the road.